Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another episode of Our Roots in Tea, where we explore our minds and life while we enjoy a cup of tea. We always do this exploration with all types of people, offering unique life experiences. I'm happy to have had conversations with some amazing people, and this episode is no different. Today's episode, I've got the amazing Jennifer Lower with me today. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. And so Jennifer, she's has a very impressive resume. Uh, she's primarily a you know fitness coach, strength strength coach, trainer. So she's helping clients transform the body and the mind, which is great. And so she specializes in private group training, working with all types of clients, you know, from victims of stroke, high level athletes, and, you know, everything in between. Um, So before we even get into what she does, I want to start off with a kind of lighter question. So I read that in your bio, I read that you, so you were here in LA about t- in 2010, then you moved back to Montana, which is your home state. Mm-hmm. Then you came back again after that in, in LA. So what, how was your move back here the second time around? Wow. Wow. That's a great question, actually. Um, you know, the second time around, it's funny because when I moved here, when I was younger, it was to go back to school. Um, And so I went to school downtown at the Fashion Institute, and then I ended up working in the industry for about six years, seven years. And when I left, I left almost feeling a little bit defeated. Mm. Um, It was one of those things that I think a lot of people here experience if you're not from here and you've kind of like always had big dreams to come to a place like LA and like, you know, live your dream. And that's one thing that I've always loved about the city is that there's so many people here living their dreams, right. Or, or running after their dreams. So there's a lot of big ideas and a lot of big personalities, but um, I do think I did feel a little bit defeated, but I definitely knew deep down inside of it was the right decision. I needed a reset mm-hmm. um, and I need to put things in perspective, you know, like get back on top of my family life um, you know, get back on top of my health. Um, not that my health was failing necessarily, but I wasn't putting, you know, training and exercise and like, you know, a lot of effort into, you know, putting good things into my body because I just felt really overwhelmed, um, Mm. with everything else in my life that was going on. So, um, coming back to LA, I feel like I did get that reset and I was much more clear and more focused on what my purpose was. Um, or so I thought at the time. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the thing is I, I did go back into a job in the fashion industry. It's funny how like, sometimes you can kind of get sucked into just what, you know, it's that comfort zone, right? It's almost like you go through a breakup, you've been away and then you're like, Oh, well, I remember this did kind of feel good. So, um, yeah, the fashion industry and I broke up for a little while and then we got back together. <laughs> and I remembered that it was a, a toxic relationship after about a year of being in it. Okay. And then and then I ended up leaving after that to mm-hmm. do fitness full time. So yeah, a long ways around your question, but that was kind of <laughs> No, no, I li- I like that journey. It's kind of like a a sort of a second act, you know, you're you probably had a fresh perspective, you know, while you're went 
back to Montana because I think you were you went back to Montana to help your mom with like this some kind of business right yeah so she actually opened a painting studio so if you've ever been like on a date night or like with a group of friends to like one of those it's like wine and paint so mm-hmm. they teach you a class so we opened one of those studios in my hometown um and it was so fun like for a year and a half to be able to do that with my mom and mm-hmm. you know yeah so so it was it was great um but yeah, I did need, I did need to reset, like you said, and get mm-hmm. back to my family. And there was a part of me that moved home thinking maybe this will be the sign that will tell me that I need mm-hmm. to stay here forever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it actually was quite the opposite. It was like, oh. you still have more to do out there. So. Okay. Okay. And did you not feel like you could achieve the same if you were just staying back at home that you have to move here? I mean, what's the... I, I think for me, I just felt like there was more, there was more out here in Los Angeles for me. Not that, not that, and it's funny because my, my now fiance made this really good point to me when we were actually thinking about moving away again, but he said to me, um, he said the lives that you impact are no more important in Los Angeles than they are anywhere else, which is so true. And I think sometimes we get jaded in this understanding of like celebrity or like, you know what I mean? Like people who live in this city have more and that's not true at all. And, you know, I've, I've never really thought that, but I just think as far as like how far I could expand um, and take myself that this was really the place that I needed to be. Okay. Actually, I really like, really love what your fiance just said it's, it's true amazing? <laughs> no yeah it's true I mean because especially now with the technology technically you really could impact people from really anywhere right now. yeah so from all over the world which is okay that's cool that's cool yeah okay and um just to curious is that okay you're helping your your mom with this business but then for you in your head you're like uh well I kind of did this. It doesn't really, it's just not for you. So then that's why you transitioned to just doing mainly the health and fitness part. Yeah. It's funny. I, um, so I, I really did give my family a time limit. I was like, okay, I'm moving home, but it's only going to be for a year. I ended up staying about a year and a half until I got, until I got another job. So I got a design job. Um, and then I moved back over the new year. Um, for that job. But um, during the time when I was um, doing this business with my mom, I started teaching group fitness at our local club. Yeah, because I, you know, I just, during the winter there, the winters are long, and they're really Mm -hmm. dark. (laughs) It was like, if I don't keep my body moving, you know, that yeah, that kind of, you know, that depression, that anxiety that it, it all starts to set in. And that's the best way that I know how to combat that. So I really dove into it and met some people who, you know, wanted me to start taking a certification. So I did. And that's oh. how I got started teaching. Yeah. That's very, that's actually very cool. And, and this, yeah. that's, um, and you know, that's interesting because I've read a little bit of a backstory, you know, you kind of have a pretty long history and with some health problems. And so take me through that, like, give me the, the, the backstory of it, the details. Sure. So I've been really, um, I, it's funny when you said that <laughs> backstory, but it really is a story about my back. Well, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it's no, great. Exactly. Yeah. It's absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've been really active my whole entire life. Um, I'd been a gymnast when I was really young, played tennis, volleyball, basketball, like really, you know, three sports a year in high school. Oh, wow. Um, and then in sixth grade, 
I had a scoliosis screening, just kind of like most everybody does. Um, and there was just sort of an abnormality that my teacher essentially told my parents to just keep an eye on. So they took me to the doctor and the doctor said, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a little off and we'll just keep our eyes on it. So long story short, it progressed. Um, and it turned into what's called an S curve. So there's a few different types of curves, but mm -hmm. the S curve essentially um, curves in two places on the body. So it's mm -hmm. around this way. If you're facing forward, it's in the shape of an S or okay. a backwards S. Yeah. Okay. And so what happens is, you know, your spine starts to curve in those two places and then it starts to compact on mm. itself. And so it can really potentially damage your internal organs or, you know, as a, as a woman, it can really, you don't damage your reproductive system or, you know, create problems having children. Um, oh and so as a 14 year old, I went to the Shriners Children's Hospital mm -hmm. um, and they approved me for surgery. So I had surgery there at 14. So they took my my spine from a 40 degree curvature to a 12 degree curvature, which is actually pretty standard. Like most people have a little bit of, okay. of a curve, but they attributed, they attributed my, the flexibility of my spine to being active as, as you know, a young kid. And then after that, um, I was back in school and kind of on track to play volleyball, which was kind of my biggest motivator is mm -hmm. I had missed the tennis season um, in my junior year, which was really kind of my sport. Um, but yeah, get, like was just super excited to play volleyball. So I kind of was trying to recover all summer. And then I got a really serious staph infection in my back um, that almost resulted oh. in sepsis. And oh, so, so we dealt with that. And, um, you know, I had a pick line and had intravenous IVs. And my mom was the, like the most incredible at home nurse, she took mm -hmm. care of me and did all the IVs for six weeks. And, you know, I healed in time to play volleyball. And, you know, it's been one of those things that that has affected me, but surprisingly has not affected me. I think mm -hmm. it I think it affects me in the way that I train clients and in the way that I perceive um, in the way that I perceive people's own perception of their limits. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it definitely makes me, you know, more of an more of an empath. Um, and understanding that, you know, certain things that put restrictions on our bodies, but, you know, if you train the brain as you're training the mind, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's really incredible what you can accomplish. So, yeah, no, I agree. And, and that's the thing that's just so mind blowing to me because for you as a 14 year old kid, having go through the injury. And then of course, you know, you're, you're very athletic and then you, you want to play sports. So, I mean, how did you even overcome kind of that obstacle in your mind because I mean if I was at that age I'd be like oh my god dude I'm just like depressed every day right yeah I mean it it's funny because it wasn't really even an option and I tell people this too because having the surgery at the children's hospital I think was probably the best thing that could have happened to me okay um because if I had had it at a private doctor's office I wouldn't have had exposure to other children who were going mm. through some things that, I mean, you know, a lot of terminal illness. Yes. Um, and it's, it puts, like we were saying, it just puts things into perspective for you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's some really dark 
moments, you know, but I always knew that I was going to be okay. Okay. And I felt like, you know, being around those other kids, I knew that I was going to be okay. And it was almost my responsibility to move forward in the best way and the most positive way that I could, because like truly, you know, my, my grandpa used to tell us this. He said, if you stand in a room full of people and everybody puts their troubles in a bucket, he said, you'll be the first person to run and get yours out because everybody else in that room has, is going through something that you, you know, are, should be grateful mm-hmm. not to be going through. Mm-hmm. And it's true. You know, all of our trauma is relative. Everybody's trauma is relative to the experiences that they've had in their life. Um, but, you know, I've, I've always been so grateful for this because it's, you know, it is the thing that has made me who I am. Mm, okay. And from that, it's almost like from that, you kind of maybe discover a little bit of purpose of to try to help other people, maybe in the same situation or, or whatever the, the cause is. Definitely. And it's something that it's funny because um, I don't think that I really put all of the pieces of the puzzle mm. together right, until pretty right. recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's something that I, you know, coaching and teaching is something that I've always loved to do. Okay. Um, I was the captain of my collegiate dance team. So kind of being in that position of leadership with movement has always been a passion, but like, I've never like you know, I've never yeah. connected yeah, yeah. until now, yeah. which is so funny. Um, but yeah. And I mean, it's funny because right before COVID, I've been reaching out to um, hospitals and specifically children's hospitals to yeah. come in and speak to um, children and families who are getting ready to go through this spinal fusion surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID hit. And so oh, yeah, it's still yeah. something that I'm waiting for yeah, yeah. Um, and still something that's definitely on my heart and I'm excited about, but I think it's really important. Yes, it is very important. Right. No, that's great. And for you, I guess, as, as you've gotten older now, obviously your, your spine is back to normal, I guess. I don't know if that's the right. Yeah. Term. Yeah. So I have, so I have 14 vertebrae just right here, like from right underneath my neck essentially I'm Mm. I mean the other thing is too is like gratitude because I don't have any loss of mobility in my neck I don't have any loss of mobility really in my hips it's really just in the center of my spine Mm -hmm. so like I have a little bit of like lateral like flexion extension but I you know and a little bit of like rotational Mm -hmm. but I'm now 33 years old and I've lived with the fusion longer than I've lived without it. Right. Mm. So now it's just just like a part of how I operate. So, you know, I, my limitations are really, you know, not limitations any longer. It's just, you know, a part of how I operate, but so I'm fused from here to here, 14 vertebrae fused together, um, with cadaver bone. And then um, there's two metal rods on either side of the spine that are connected with hooks. Uh, Yeah. So I've got, you know, dead body in there. I've got, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a machine. I'm all different kinds of stuff, just bionic. (laughs) Bionic. So when you go to like, what, go through like TSA, like it starts sounding because of the metal or something. (laughs) So that's a really funny story. Actually, I was really afraid that that was going to happen. Oh, okay. 
the first time I flew. So the hospital gave me a, this like little badge and it had an, a picture of my x-ray on it. Mm. And so I told my parents, I, you know, I was probably 15 when we flew. Yeah. And so it was really fresh. And my dad, this is like, obviously pre yeah. like 9 11 yeah. my dad went up to the tsa agent and told him like you know like jokingly and so the tsa agent started beeping me on purpose like, uh. and, like making out of it and i was like mom dad i told you i told you i was gonna go off in there in the back just laughing and the tsa agent is laughing that's pretty so, funny yeah it was pretty funny <laughs> uh that's that's nice but i mean it's, it's good the progress that you made and then also now i you know of course now you're probably just training normally like anyone else i don't think you have like what you said no limitations which is good right yeah yeah i mean it's um it's funny because you know i have met other people too kind of like along my fitness journey um who have had the same surgery there's um someone that i used to teach spin with um who has had the same surgery um, there's actually two um, women that I taught spin with just at different studios that had each had the same surgery that we didn't know that about each other. I mean, it's a really interesting thing because um, it is a traumatic, it is a traumatic experience yes. and the reco- recovery is a long time. Um, but it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, if it's something psychological about mm-hmm. like, like strengthening your backbone. Um yeah but there's something about it that like creates really resilient people. Mm. Well, well, that's good. You have to, yeah. because if you don't have that mindset, then you're probably not able to really coach or, or train with people. Right. And, and that's something that actually will kind of get, will kind of segue into too. Right. Because, you know, for you, like, how is it, what is it like to be a health coach, you know? It's, it's truly the best job in the world. Oh, wow. Okay. It's yeah. I mean, you know, having come from a different line of work, I am so grateful every day that people trust me with, honestly, a lot of times it's the most vulnerable place for people Mm -hmm. because there's usually a reason, um, why they want to start training. And most of the time they believe it's an aesthetic reason that's going to make them feel more confident or better, you know, about their relationships or, you know, all of the things that we tell ourselves about why we work out. Right. When in reality, what I like to do is just go a lot deeper with people, you know, and ask them, okay, you think it's about this, but can we talk about, you know, why that, you know, why having a six pack is important to you? Like, what do you think that, you know, like, what are the next steps? after you achieve that, like what, how does that make your life better in the grand scheme of things? When you start asking people why multiple times, and Mm -hmm. then you get to like the fifth or the sixth, why then you get to that really deep rooted reason. And that's the thing that we always want to kind of hold on to because that's the motivator, right? That's like the deepest motivator. That's Mm -hmm. the thing that's going to help people come back when they don't want to get out of bed early in the morning or they so for me to be able to be entrusted with that thing is um it's it's an honor it's truly an honor and I don't take I don't take the responsibility lightly at all wow so almost sounds like you you kind of become some of these clients like psychiatrists in a way too right or therapists you have no idea (laughs) 
no idea. It's, but it, you know, it is cool. There's something very, um, I, I think there is something very detoxifying about yeah. training and working out and sweating. Yes. I see it a lot in when I'm teaching, um, spin cycling mm-hmm. classes. Um, there's something about taking your body to the point. It's kind of that breaking point, right? Where you don't think that you can push any harder. You don't think you can go for, you know, one more second, 10 more seconds. You can't think you can go any longer. Mm -hmm. And then when you finally do, you hit this point where it's almost like euphoria, right? Like that runner's high. And, um, yeah, it's, it's like people become like totally raw exposed and, you know, they're, they're able to like, let go of, you know, all of these things that they've been feeling or things that they've been holding inside. Um, and I really do think it's, it's a complete detoxification, like mind, body, soul, all of it. Absolutely. It's, it's like the healthier way of infusing yourself with dopamine, right? I mean, you know, basically that's oh, kind of what totally. it is, you know? Yeah. Because- yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes. you know, because usually people do that with drugs or alcohol or, or you know, whatever else, right? And then, but mm-hmm. this is like the healthier way, the fitness way. Yes. Yeah. And those, you know, those like chemical dumps into your brain, there is nothing like that. Like, you, you know, you can't help but smile. Yeah. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's just like breaking through that one, like you just said, that one little dopamine yeah. dump, that one little endorphin dump. Um, and it is, it's getting addicted to that type of behavior. Right. Right. And I, and to backtrack a little bit, I love how the main question that we're really asking should be asking all the time is why, right? Like asking yourself these questions, because I absolutely agree with you that, you know, a lot of times, you know, people may not know exactly why you're doing something, especially working out. Right. Like, you know, because I've been through that phase where like, you know, when I'm younger, you just think like, oh, I'm going to work out because the reason I want to work out because, oh, because girls are like me if I work out, right? That's what most (laughs) guys would think. And and it's funny too, because as you get older and you realize like, actually, that's not even the case, you know? And so it's just totally blows my mind sometimes when, when you, you start to discover deeper into, you know, all these kind of, I guess, myth or whatever it is. Totally. Yeah. And I think, I think that there's kind of like a surface level story that we tell ourselves sometimes because we don't want to go deeper because we don't, we don't want to know what our real why is because it can be really scary. And then when you start kind of like scrubbing away the surface level film, you know, and the picture becomes a lot clearer, it, it can feel like there's a lot more work to do. And I think some people kind of would rather live in that ignorance is bliss phase and that's totally fine. But, you know, I know my why for training. I know my why for coaching. And I just think just for living any sort of purpose-filled life, it's important to know your why and why you do things and why you do things the way that you do. Right. Oh yeah, no, that's beautiful. And it sounds like you have that figured out, which is good. Yes, you know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, work in progress. Work in progress. Working, we're all works in progress, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, That's the journey's true. never done. That yeah. is true. That is true. Okay, so, um, so for you right now, you starting this business, kind of like you know the coaching business and and health. Um, I mean, are you coming across any type of obstacles? I mean, even like lately too, because with the COVID. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, 
COVID was a wild one for all of us. And I think like everybody's, you know, everybody's kind of like buzzword for the year was pivot. Yes. Um, and it pushed me into doing things that I had been thinking about doing for a while, but okay. I hadn't really like, you know, I told myself I didn't have enough time for, um, or I was, you know, I was probably afraid to do it and didn't yeah. want to peel it back and actually look at it for what it needed to yeah. be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I started doing like in-home trainings when we all thought that we were okay. only going to be locked up for like a week, you know, okay. <laughs> and, then, right. and then, and then it became much more than that. But I, yeah. I noticed that I was kind of burning myself out because I was only recording videos. Mm. Um, and mm. what I realized is that I, I really give and recycle energy from being around people. Like okay. that is, I mean, that's, that's where I, you know, where I get my jolt from. And yep. so not being able to be in the presence of others while coaching really kind of burned me out in a different way. It was mm. just really draining of my energy and my emotions and, um, and it wasn't being regenerated because it wasn't being, you know, given back. So, um, yeah, so I work for another company. It's called Lightning Fit. And um, I do their new hire onboarding. So we had some new trainers that were coming on that I was doing onboarding with. They kept me really busy, which was awesome. Okay, cool. Um, but instead of doing that in studio, we were meeting in parks, which was really cool because we just got to be outside all day, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and then I did start my own website um, mm -hmm. and... Uh, was running live classes, still am running live classes. Okay, cool. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one virtual training as well. So I have some virtual training clients that I meet with every week. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, and then there's like an on-demand backend um, where people can go in and they can do trainings on their own, which is like, was so cool. So um, I'm really proud of that. And I'm really proud of, you know, th there's definitely been some, some difficult shifts in like being home a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I love being home and I love my fiance, but it yeah. is like, it is, it is tough when you're, you know, a coach and you're around people all the time to be able to like kind of go into more of that, like introspective, um, isolated mode and, and f have to figure out how to, how to mm -hmm. make your business continue to work. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And are you like a one kind of one person operation? What's the, what's the deal? Oh yeah. I'm so I'm a one person operation, except for when, um, I guess like I, I'm, I'm kind of with a couple of different companies. So I work for this company called lightning fit. That's like my, like my full-time gig. Okay. So I'm getting ready to open a studio in Brentwood, um, oh, nice. on April 12th, which is like why things have been so many mm -hmm. others. So okay. I'll, yeah, so I'll be managing that studio. Um, and then I teach spin in Santa Monica over at tower 28, um, for a company called beach cycle, mm -hmm. which is like sunset spin. And it's really cool. Um, and then I do, I do all of my own stuff, just like under my own strength and conditioning and hit. Um, so yeah. I guess three different places now. Yeah, yeah, sounds sounds very like well, base base literally a busy bee, huh? Yeah, trying to stay a busy bee. Yeah, trying to stay as much of a busy bee as possible. Okay, and that's how, and that's basically that's how you stay motivated every day is just being able to work and just go through the go through the work and do it, you know. 
Yeah, doing, I mean, like when I have days that are uh, honestly kind of like today where I have like back-to-back meetings or, you know, I have class to look forward to, or I had a client earlier this morning, like those are the days I love, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't love that time flies by, but I love feeling like I have purpose, you know, and I have things to get done and I, you know, so um, yeah, that's definitely how I stay motivated. Wow. That's no, yeah, that's no, that's great. I, I, you know, I love what you're doing because, you know, you, you're, because most, maybe I guess you can say fitness coaches really more about like all just physical aspect in the diet, which is important, but then, you right. know, you, you also mix in with the, the mind about it too, you know, which is great, you know, being able to communicate and talk to these clients and understand who they are and, and, what really their needs are, which that's what I appreciate so much about the programs and and things they're doing right now. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it really, it's like we were just saying, you know, it's, if you don't know, if you don't know somebody's why, then you can't, a lot of times you really can't even get to the results. Like I had, I had a client, you know, some people you can, but you know, people who, who a lot of times need it the most, there's other things that are blocking their progress. Um, and I have, I had one client in particular who I absolutely adore and she needed to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ended up getting incredibly strong during our training. Oh, great. Um, but like she was, I mean, she, by her own accounts, like wasn't able to lift a glass of water when she came in to start training. And then, um, by the end of her training, she was deadlifting, you know, 250 pounds, which was amazing, but she wasn't losing weight. (laughs) So she had confided in me that she had, you know, some, some trauma, um, you know, some physical trauma, um, that really she had obviously been hanging on to for a long time and was a reason why, you know, she probably had been holding on to the weight. Like a lot of it was like a subconscious, almost comfort blanket. Mm. And so, um, she, after, you know, two years of training with me ended up going to see someone, Um, and she started talking to them and, you know, two weeks after she started going to therapy and started doing, you know, healing, she started losing weight, like six pounds in like the first two weeks. So I do think sometimes, you know, it's like we were saying, like, you have to address that underlying issue because, you know, it's that old saying, you can't fix the inside unless you have your outs or you can't fix your outside unless you have your inside squared away. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then for each of these clients, depending on who they are, you, you, you will have like very customized like diet plans and like workout plans. Right. I I assume. Yeah. So I, I don't love to, I am, um, I am a precision nutrition certified, but I, I love to take a more general approach to nutrition. Um, I think because a lot of people overwhelm themselves and then they set themselves up for, you know, a perceived failure. Um, the, the training part is always the part I want people to get Mm. in on their, in their habits with first, um, because the eating thing usually comes after they start feeling good. Um, and they start getting, you know, they're, if they're training three days a week or training two days a week, usually on the days that they're training specifically, they notice that they eat a little bit better or they're more mindful about what they start eating. Mm -hmm. Um, there are people that want to 
start their three days a week training program or their four days a week training program and they want to go keto or paleo mm -hmm. and then they also want to start meditating and they want to yeah. do this and I'm like okay let's pick one thing right. one thing yeah and it's just changing and so you know when that thing becomes part of your lifestyle then you can go on to the next habit that you want to change or the next thing that you want to alter in your life I just, I think that nutrition on the whole, unless you're somebody who's incredibly dedicated and mm -hmm. has the support of your family members, yeah. like they're in it with you doing keto, yeah. they're in it with you doing paleo, whatever it is. Um, I just think that it has to be a more, um, just like balanced approach because nobody wants to be at dinner. You know, every the people yeah. stop inviting you to dinner. If you're the person that only talks about everything that you can't eat. So <laughs> it's like, you know, like you, you have to be able to live your life. You know, yeah. you have to be able to live your life. Um, you know, we like in, in my house, my fiance and I kind of live by the rule of like, yeah. you know, we're super clean all week. Um, and then on the weekends, you know, we, my fiance's from Chicago. So like, we'll usually have pizza once okay. on the weekends, but, um, you know, we, we don't go crazy. It's, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, you just make healthy choices as you go and, you know, try not to let it ruin your life. If you make a bad choice, you know, so many people are like, they like eat a piece of, I don't know, leftover cake from their birthday for breakfast. And the yeah. whole rest of the day is like lost. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, well, diet starts next week. Nope. Just make sure the next thing that you put in your mouth is better than the last thing yeah. you did. You know, that's kind of my golden rule. So, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, in some sense, it's just really everything in moderation, right? Just, I mean. every Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the, and the more, I mean, truly, like the more that you tell yourself yeah. you can't have something, yeah. the more you want it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. So just have a taste and like appreciate what it tastes like. And, you know, then ask yourself, like, is this something I really want to keep eating? If yeah. yes, then, you know, just keep evaluating as you go. And if no, then stop eating it. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you too. And, and I think some people, they have a kind of extreme, you know, cause I, I have friends that they, you know, they go through like very specific diet for like, I don't know how long. And then, I mean, I, I applaud them for able to do that, but yeah, you know, it's just so, it's so difficult, right? Like what you said, I mean, you have to be motivated, like, you know, like, let's say for myself, you know, people have always mentioned that, oh, well, you know, eating like bread is not good for you. Bread is, you know, supposedly poisons your body, which I mean, there's some, I'm sure there's some studies for that, but at the same time, I'm thinking like, well, like what you said, if you're just having like this, even whole wheat, whole wheat bread, maybe even just a once or twice a week it's not like yeah. you know a big deal in a way right right and and yeah I mean it is it is about enjoying your life and making things a part of your lifestyle you know like we're we're training once you start training like I hope that the people that I start training yeah even if they go through ups and downs of you know maybe a few weeks here maybe a few weeks there of not yeah. being able to do it on the whole, it's going to be something that they're always going to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like training is always going to be a part of their life. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with food. Food's going to be all around us. So you, you really have to train yourself how to, um, if, if you're somebody that food is difficult for you do, you do have to train yourself how to, you know, 
get through those uncomfortable situations where you might not, you know, want to eat well, or you may yeah. want to, you know, go crazy on, on the right, chicken right. fingers or whatever right, it is, right. but just, you know, just striking a balance and also mm. not guilting yourself for like, mm. you know, we're all humans. So if, if that's something that makes you happy and, yeah. you know, you want to have McDonald's French fries, like once every couple of months, mm-hmm. like enjoy it, go for it. Cause I hate the cheat meal thing. Like that's one thing <laughs> I know seriously, like I, I don't, cause cheat is not a part of my vocabulary. Like, oh, okay. That's like my least favorite word. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. I hate it. I hate it. I mean, seriously, we don't, we don't cheat on our, you know, exams. We don't cheat yeah. on our significant others. We don't cheat. Yeah. We just look and like cheat meal. It is. It's just like, because it gives people this idea that like, there are things that are restricted. Mm -hmm. It's like good and bad, right? It's just like totally black, totally white. Like there's no gray area. There's Mm -hmm. no room for any sort of like sliding scale. And, you know, like we were saying, when you deny yourself those types of things, like then you go overboard. That's just not that, that kind of like way up, way down sort of cycle and roller coaster is not good. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's interesting, too, because uh, earlier today, I, I listened to a little bit of one of your, uh, the episode in your podcast, uh, Leave Them Better, um, which is actually a terrific, ter- terrific podcast for people who are curious. I'll post it. But Thank you so, thank you so much. Yeah. I've been a real slacker on that. It's been one of those things that like, you yeah. know, I have I have a couple of episodes stored that I need to release. And um I do love it though. Like I love doing stuff like this and talking to people that I would never really get to have long conversations about and like really learning, right? Absolutely. About people. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's great. It's really great information too, because I think the, the latest one, I think one of your guests, like her name's Tiffany. Mm-hmm. She talked about like the 80, 20 rule with the, with the food. Right. Yeah. You know? um, which is actually, that's interesting. Like I, I, that didn't, I didn't think about it in that term because you know how when whenever I think about 80 20 it's more about like the 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 work pr- productivity like oh, okay well this this amount of work gives me the 80 percent result but then you know I didn't think about the food part which is actually very interesting yeah yeah she's a and she's a really interesting person too because she truly is kind of like um, she calls herself a fitness enthusiast, okay. but, um, I mean, she's impacting people's lives around her that, you know, just whether it's her coworkers or anything like that, just by being on her own journey, which I think is really, really cool. So, and she just kind of shares the knowledge that she has, and she's really just a source of encouragement and light for a lot of people that are, that are near her. So it's, you know, I, I seriously think like, you know, that's the other thing about the fitness industry. It's funny. Um, there is a little bit of like cancel culture with hmm. coaches even. Oh, really? Interesting. Just like, just kind of around like ideals and movement and, and diet and, you know, the way people should be training and things like that. And obviously, you know, when you, when you become a trainer, you kind yeah. of do have to take the oath, um, of, you know, do no harm. Yes. So it's, um, it's so important for us to pay attention to the way that we're coaching our, our clients and paying attention to the way that they move, paying Mm -hmm. attention to their injuries, restrictions, Mm -hmm. you know, any, anything like that. Um, 
but yeah, it's funny. I don't really, I don't have that kind of like mentality around other coaches. Like I feel like anybody else that's out there that can motivate somebody that maybe I couldn't like, that's a win for for everyone. Right. That's a win for everybody. So, I mean, I mean, essentially you're all kind of the same where in a way you're, you're a big network trying to help other people. I I think that's the main, main goal and the purpose, right. Is be able to. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I think that gets lost sometimes in people's egos, right? Like, but I'm sure, but I think that that's with probably any kind of, industry is like, you know, sometimes people get the, the bigger purpose, um, and the bigger picture gets lost because people's egos get in the way. So you just have to check your ego and, you know, know that maybe you're not the right person for somebody else and, and that's okay. Okay. And so it's funny now you brought up the ego part. So was there any point in time that your ego had kind of gotten in the way of what you're trying to do? Ooh, that's a really good question. I, oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think ego is something that, you know, we kind of have to battle because truly as like a group fitness instructor, especially there is a performance aspect, Mm. right? Like you're the, you're the person on the microphone. You're the person on the stage for 45 minutes or an hour, however long. Um, and I actually took a class from somebody else and I was so aware of their ego Mm. that it made me check my own from that point on, if that makes sense. Like I, I didn't ever want to be perceived as that person who it was very much about their performance and, and, and what they, it kind of almost felt like it was like what they were receiving from doing what they were doing instead of what everybody else was receiving from the information that they were giving. Ah. And it's so important to be high energy and excited and passionate. But when, when it comes off as disingenuous, like I'm out. Like if, like if things are coming out of your mouth, just so like you can hear yourself talk, (laughs) not there, I'm not, I'm out, I'm I'm, out of here. So I I do think that that is, I I don't think that there's necessarily been points in time where I've like specifically been like, this is, this is like an ego driven thing, but you definitely as a group fitness instructor have to check your ego Mm -hmm. and make sure that, you know, you're you're delivering what you need to be yeah. delivering, not for yourself, but for everybody else in the space. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, I'm, you know, it's, it's that old thing of like, yeah. you know, I, I really do feel this way. Like I'm here for the same reason that you're here, yeah. right? Like you're here for you and I'm here for you. Like it's me, I'm, you know, right. I'm just the, I'm just the, the personal open the door for you and you, you know, decide where you want to go. So, right. Right. Oh yeah. And I mean, we're, you know, we're all just kind of connected to each other and learning about each other. And that's kind of main thing. Yeah. And I agree with you too with that. And it's funny now that trying to think about the pictures that you're, you're saying something just to hear yourself, which is <laughs> it's actually kind of a fun. You've been in classes like that too, I bet. Where I, <laughs> I have. Yeah. We're, um, I mean, I understand from your standpoint, yes, you know, you as a fitness coach, you're, yeah, you're trying to give a good performance and, and, you know, to motivate people because you want people to keep going and, and do it. But at the same time, yeah, it's just that, that funny aspect of like, oh, 
damn, I sound really good when I say say this line. That's like you're just, yes. Yeah, now to right. think about it, now to think about it, it's actually quite funny. <laughs> yeah, right. Or and then or and then when it's like finished with like, you know, the class is over, like everybody's feeling great, everybody's feeling good. Yeah. You guys can find me on Instagram, following me on Instagram. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I, I, I hear what you mean. Oh, well, okay, here's a question for you. Like, how do you feel, like, when you go to the gym or whatever, how do you feel about those people who love to flex in front of the mirror? <laughs> I mean, listen, we all know how hard people have to work to get to that place. So, sure. like, if you're loving on yourself, like... Go get okay. it. But I also kind of feel like maybe do it in the privacy of your own. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really think it's in, in a society right now where there's like so much comparison and there's yes. so much you know, like <sighs> distortion of yeah. what the reality of people's bodies look like and what they actually are and how they really perform even though they don't look a certain way or feel certain you know what I mean I think that it's really important for people to like find that place of self-love so like if you're somebody who's like looking in the mirror and you're flexing and like (laughs) you you like what you see like go on and get it I'm proud of you that doesn't happen to a lot of people sure sure but I do feel like that's a private that's a right yeah, that should be a private practice. <laughs> it should be, but but obviously their main goal of doing it because they're hoping someone else sees it. And they're like, oh wow, this this girl or this guy, like, oh, looking good. And then you know that kind of feeds into the ego thing, like what we just talked about. Uh, totally, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the yeah. same same thing. Yeah, that's interesting. And and you know, I'm glad you brought up the whole comparison aspect too with this society and especially now with social media, you know, like for yourself, I'm sure you've, you've done it where you compare yourself with maybe another coach or or trainer. I mean, how do you even manage that, you know, yourself? How do you stay away from that? You know? I mean, for me in the very beginning, like I, I, I think I'd always kind of thought about potentially being a coach. Um, like before I moved back to LA, I okay. kind of always was, you know, like I'd go to class and I was like, oh man, that'd be so fun to be able to teach class or do whatever. But it was just not, I was never really brave enough to do it. Okay. And then, um, you know, in the beginning of my career, it was kind of that thing where I would see coaches and it, it was like everybody that was, a trainer was also a fitness model. Oh, like, you know what I mean? Like, like that, there was kind of like a real, and, and there still really is like, there's a crossover. Oh. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not a mom, you know, I'm five, three. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a model. Well, you, um, well, you don't think you could be a model at five, three. <laughs> I no. could be a, yeah, an equestrian model. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, okay. A horse jockey. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's uh, it's funny because I, d- I definitely did in the very beginning. I definitely was comparing myself, you know. And you're you're wondering how some of these people get these yeah. awesome jobs, or you're wondering how some of these people like book themselves out with clients all the time. And yeah. for me, the best thing that I could do is just stay away from it. So like, especially on social media, like if it was, you know, at that point in my life triggering to me, then I would just like, you know, I'm not sorry, I'm not going to follow this account Mm. anymore. 
Um, and that was a good practice in the beginning, but you know, it, it is so true. Comparison is the thief of joy. It is, it oh, yes. takes away the enjoyment of what you're doing. Yeah. And it also takes away, I think, um, the, like the richness in, in what you're delivering to people. And so when you don't think that you're worthy, like, how are you ever going to attract people that, that value what you're providing? Right. Like if you don't think, if you don't think you're good enough to work with this person or to teach at this place, like then, you know, that's, that's going to come through. So, yeah, I think for me, it was just building my own confidence and, and truly just kind of taking note and being gracious in the opportunities that I got and making sure that, you know, I stuck to my guns and I really stuck to, um, my commitments and, um, just making sure that, you know, every client, that I was with or every session that I had was, you know, the, the best delivery that I could mm. bring. Yeah. Yeah. And then whatever else other people do, don't even care. Just do your own thing. Basically. No. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny. Now I can look at some of those, those fitness model instructors and be yeah. like, like, good for you, but also yeah. like, I'm, I'm happy with the, the life that I've created for myself, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't compare anymore. Like we're just on different paths. Right, right, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's that's beautiful. That's a good way to put it. You know, because everyone have their own own thing. I mean, you know, success also is relative, right? Each person's yes. definition of success is different. For you, you've created your little kind of you know little business, and then dealing with different clients, and and so that works for you. And I yeah. think that's the main thing is for people to know is that you, you don't necessarily need to be the top model. You know, I mean, right. I mean, who knows if that's what you even like to do, right? So that's also another question too. Yeah, probably wouldn't. Oh, I wouldn't. Very, I'm very awkward in front of the camera. Like anytime we have to do photo shoots for, um, for like right. studio promotions and stuff, I like never know what to do with my hands or like how to stand. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. Yeah, right. I probably wouldn't be a very good model. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> well, there are people behind camera to direct you right so technically exactly. that helps a little bit <laughs> yeah. but yeah. but you're, I mean you're in front of camera now I mean yeah, yeah that's different because we're chatting okay okay <laughs> so that's different okay but when actually like actual work you're like oh well this is when it's like yeah when it's like staging photos for things I'm like right <laughs> Yeah, just freeze up. Ah, okay. Interesting. Okay. Didn't yeah. see. Okay. Didn't, didn't mm-hmm. expect that anyway. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so now, now, um, at this stage right now, how many, how many clients are you dealing with, uh, you know, on a regular basis now? Um, who, so privately, like through my, um, through my own business, Yeah. through my own business, it's about, 15 regulars. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when I teach spin, it's like, you know, 20, I think we have 20 bikes. So about 20 bikes a class, 20 people a class. Great. And then um, with lightning fit with this new one opening, we're hoping to have about 150 members in around like the next four to six months. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's interesting now not dealing directly and coaching people directly in one-on-one. Um, but I'm really excited to get back to that. I'm really excited to get past the virtual. I'll still have some virtual clients as I have some clients that are, you know, in different parts of the country, which is also so cool. 
like now we're doing that right yeah that's good no no yeah yeah it's just a a a wide network which is great yeah yeah like anybody that you know you want to train with or anybody that you want to be coached by is now accessible Mm -hmm. and then and then are you always are you scheduling meetings with these clients like every week now or okay wow I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's either biweekly. Um, some I do three times a week. So they're, yeah, they're hour long sessions. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm, sounds, yeah. So it's, great. All, it's all personalized programming depending on what their goals are and depending on how their body moves. So yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming that eventually down the road, um, you know, you probably want to, cause the, cause the studio you're going to manage is not like your own. I mean, this, this no. yeah. So I would assume that eventually you want to have your own studio, right? Open up your own studio and be able to operate that is, is my, is my guess. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, um, I don't, I don't know right now you don't know. Okay. because, because I feel like I kind of got into the training game a little later in life than a lot of other people. So I started okay. really when I was like 20, seven um which is not old but you know I I had a whole career before (laughs) before I did this Uh, yeah so um so I don't necessarily want to be like a 50 year old personal trainer I am on a trajectory where you know with like managerial experience and like business experience um there's some other paths that I'm taking the education path is really interesting to me okay so um you know even if I'm even if I'm training other trainers or helping other trainers pass certifications or even you know helping them in their knowledge of you know movement and so yeah that's that's definitely kind of the the thing I'm interested in when you're talking about education you're we're not talking about like actually like teaching like PE courses in school, right? Training courses, right? <laughs> yeah. So more oh. like training courses. So like, like right now for, for, uh, for the, for the studio that I'm getting ready to open, um, there is a technology aspect to oh, it. Cool. So it's, it's a whole suit that you wear, um, and it's muscle stimulation. So there's electrodes that match up with each of your major muscle groups. Mm-hmm. And then the trainer controls the levels, the frequency, the Hertz values and all of that mm, kind wow. of thing so that you can maximize, um, you can maximize, uh, the training with like low impact training. So we're stimulating 90, close to 95% of your muscle fibers instead of normal training, which is about 60 to 65. Um, wow. so that training process to onboard trainers who have even been training clients, you know, mm. strength conditioning, you know, traditional types of training, it takes about six to eight weeks. So I'm the person that onboards them with all that technology. And it is a blast. I loved, I love doing it because also, you know, I think in, and this is what I learned from my mentor is really like when you are able to be super hands-on and mentor people in the way that they train others in the way that they coach others, you are really kind of the the face of the company culture Mm. Um, and you have the ability to help manipulate what that culture looks like and how things are delivered and the quality in that right you know they're delivered so oh great great oh that's that's fantastic that's good that's great you also have a mentor too i think that's also very important yes for people out there yes yes (laughs) right right okay cool and now i guess to kind of wrap it up with um 
I guess a kind of a final question. You you did mention, you know, in the beginning that you you and your fiance you, you talked about possibly moving away again. So if you were, where where are you going to be moving to? Is it back to Montana or somewhere else? Well, you know, it's so funny because we um we had both lived in LA for about 10 years total. Um, And then he was in Orange County, Newport Beach before that. And we, in September, we just moved to Long Beach. Mm, Okay. And now we want to live here forever. Oh, (laughs) okay. Okay. (laughs) We love it. You know, it's funny. We've had a lot of friends that have moved to Texas Mm. um, that we, you know, that was something that we kind of thought about. It's his job is remote too. Um, He works in tech. Okay. And so, you know, it's funny, like we kind of had that conversation about moving somewhere else before COVID hit. And now, because we were just like, where can he get a job that's remote or close to like, a te- yeah. you know, we wanted it to be secure, but now it feels like everything's going to stay at least hybrid okay. style okay. remote. So I think we're going to stay in Long Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great place. Okay. And then this in the fitness you plan on, I mean, do you, are you giving yourself some kind of like a a timetable or deadline with this too, as you did with, you know, your mom's business or no? No, you know, it's so funny because the journey, it like just keeps kind of like the path truly has just like kept unfolding in front of me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that thing of like manifesting what you want. And I've never known exactly what I've wanted out of this journey. Um, but I definitely, every opportunity that's given to me, I, I work really hard at it and I try and pull out the pieces of it that I love the most okay. Okay. and make sure that I know what those are. Um, but yeah, the journey just kind of keeps unfolding and, you know, in being given new opportunities, sometimes it is really hard to not spread yourself too thin. So that's the thing is like just making sure that, you know, I'm not spreading myself too thin in any arena in fitness so that I can give my clients my best. And then also just making sure that I have a work-life balance, you know, because, you know, my home life is also very important to me and my family is too. And yeah, just making sure that those sacrifices aren't, aren't, you know, are a part of the growth, really. Sacrifice, sacrifice is kind of a prerequisite for our growth, but, um, you know, just making sure that, that the growth is in the right direction. That's a very well, good way to, to end this, which is, is fantastic. And uh, I think that serves some really good motivation and, and inspiration for, for anyone listening. And um, anything like I'll, you know, any information I'll post on the description for people. Um, people can also look up because all your classes, they can sign up through your website, right? Yes. yes. Yep. Okay. So it's all jenlower.com. J-E-N-N-L-O-W-E-R. Just like the word. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. And yeah, um, if people can go check it out and I'm guessing, you know, I'm sure this is important for people to know, but in terms of pricing, I'm sure, I'm sure Jennifer can work something out with you if, if, you know, if it's kind of, you know, I know this tough yeah. times are a lot of people pricing wise. Definitely for sure. There's all kinds of options on there. Um, right. And like, if people want to message me, I have promo codes. If you want to try some oh. classes for free right. first. Um, yeah. And feel free, you know, and, and like, I'm always willing to help anybody who's an aspiring coach or just help people in general that have questions about, you know, like where they need to go on their journey. So don't be afraid to reach out. Um, Cause I'll always answer. Awesome. Very, very awesome. And she'll help. Don't worry. So, you know, (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, because I know some people always afraid, like, oh no, these these got cost too much or it's too much trouble. No, yeah. The worst be... thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna get more information about yeah. it, right? Yeah. Great. Sounds yeah. very cool. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Great. And once again, thank you, Jennifer, for uh for this lovely conversation. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Darren. It was really nice to meet you and speak with you. I look forward to speaking with you again. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And I want to obviously see more of what you have to do and obviously listen to more of your podcast too. Once you get some of the new stuff going up and going. <laughs> like, my lady. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Thank you all listeners out there tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time.